Again, I'm getting a lot of uh, feedback from folks about what I just said a moment ago. And, and and that's just from my heart, folks. I mean, I believe that if you're a vet, you're feeling the same way I am about a lot of this. And that is when you took the oath uh, to go into whatever branch of the service that you went into, when you raised your hand and said that you were, uh, you know, going to protect the Constitution— of the United States from all enemies, foreign or domestic, that that didn't just apply for however long you were in the military, that it meant even when you got out, like I've been out for 30-odd years, but still deep down in my gut, I can hear those words, and uh, I tremble. I tremble when I said them. Because I seriously, seriously meant them. I love my country. I love the Constitution of the United States of America. No other country has our kind of Constitution. I mean, look, the communists tried to do it, but they don't believe in it. The problem is, is now we've got, you know, uh, politicians in our own country that are acting like the communists during the Bolshevik Revolution or something. It's crazy. And you and I, who said we'd stand to protect it during that time, have to be willing to say again, I'll stand right now. Go to Oath Keepers. Uh, Oath Keepers. I think OathKeepers.com probably. And uh, you can sign up with them. Should become an, I'm an oath keeper. I hope that you're an oath keeper as well. I understand Jan's on the line with us. Let's go talk to Jan Morgan. She is in Virginia. Hi, Jan. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, I saw your picture of the sheriffs. We played audio from one of the sheriffs there saying they would not, absolutely not, uh, enforce any laws that were unconstitutional dealing with the Second Amendment. That's right. Yes, he he. That was his that was his message to the governor, uh, the governor of the state, and the legislature. He's just like not in my county, so, right. and he said none of my law enforcement officers are going to you know are going to enforce unconstitutional laws. Good. So I was like, wow, we need a bunch of you in Arkansas too. <laughs> yeah, some guy said, hey, I'm still uh, a sheriff or something, and said I don't know of any sheriffs that are against the Second Amendment. And I said, man, you haven't been paying attention then. <laughs> no, it yeah. Our, our, big, our biggest issue in Arkansas on gun rights legislation has been the sheriff's association yes. and law enforcement. You know, chiefs of police. And it has Arkansas State Police uh, Commander, uh-huh. another person exactly. who's been against it all the time. So, tell me, kind of paint us a picture, Jan. What it's been like there? Is it hard to get food? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd be thinking about the food part. No, it, it really. It really hasn't. Uh, you know, Dave, this was this reminded me a lot of the Restoring Honor rally. Do you remember that? Yes. When, uh, yes, years ago. Okay. It was like that. The crowds, it was so packed in downtown Richmond today that you couldn't, when you were walking, you're shoulder to shoulder with someone. You know, there's no such thing as any space around you. 
That's how tightly packed the crowd was. Fantastic. But everybody was so polite, so nice. You know, you've heard an armed society is a polite society. Well, by gosh, it was so polite today. Uh, you know, it, it really was. And it was it was heartwarming to see people from all across America. I talked to people from California, you know, who came to, to stand with the people of Virginia to show their support. California, Michigan, uh, you know, you name it. They were here today. It was amazing. It was a sea of people standing on the steps of the state capitol. It was the most unusual visual. As far as the eye could see, it was just a sea of people. Well, this is a time for them to go in and lobby, too, isn't it? Isn't that what this day is? Right, and I don't know if you saw it, but I, I also did a Facebook Live showing the legislators who came out and stood on the Capitol steps with the people of Virginia to say, "We're we're behind you in the Second Amendment." It was a small group, but they were there, and it was a and they you know it was a, a neat thing to see. But yes, it was lobby day, but the Democrats didn't come today. They didn't want to see or hear from the people, so they did they didn't come. They didn't show. Well, they stayed home, yeah. huh? They stayed home yeah, quaking in their home. boots is what yeah, they did. Probably so. Probably so. So tomorrow, but, tomorrow is just going to be maybe even bigger than today, and you're going to be speaking, correct? No, today was the big day. Oh, was it? And okay. I was speaking. It was today. No, to, the rally is, is over. Um, but that's why we called it Lobby Day. But, okay. Uh, it, was, it was neat to be side-by-side, Dave, with some of the biggest, Second Amendment warriors in American history, people like Dick Keller. I mean, yep. he was right there next to he spoke. Uh, Eric Pratt of Gun Owners of America. Yep. You know, the, the the remember the guy who actually saved the lives of people of Texans with uh, with his AR fifteen. Yes. The shooting at he was he was one of the speakers today. He was so much fun, and he they somebody had made a big picture of him holding an AR fifteen barefoot because that's literally the way he was when he ran out. You know, with that AR, no mm-hmm. shoes on. And uh, so, anyway, he was there to talk about the AR-15 itself and, and how it's, you know. So did everybody get excited that Jan Morgan was there? You know you know what I did, Dave? Okay. So the way they had us speaking on the steps of the Capitol, the, it, it was on the side of this big hill, all right? Well, the press got up in front of the speaker's podium and no one in the crowd could see the speakers. You could not see any speakers. All you saw were the backs of press people's heads. Okay. And I'm watching a speaker get up there to speak, and nobody in the crowd could see them. They could hear them, but they couldn't see them. And I'm looking at this big wall right there in front of the podium, and I thought, I'm going to jump up on that wall and give my speech, and the police are probably going to yank me down and, you know, whatever. So I didn't ask permission. And when it came time for me to speak, I jumped on top of that wall, and I looked at the crowd, and I said, I'm sorry, but I didn't come here to talk to the press. I came to talk to the people. And everybody was like, whoa. Fantastic. <laughs> so, good good yeah, job. It was, yeah, it was. I, I just kept thinking any minute somebody was going to yank me down, one of the police or somebody else. But I was the only speaker that that crowd saw today. Did you get somebody to record your speech so I can play it on yes. my show? yes. In fact, um, I had handed my cell phone to a guy down below because I said, look, I need you to video this, and I have a feeling they're going to yank me off the wall, but I want you to video it anyway. <laughs> so he did. But yeah, In fact, I'll be putting it up on my Facebook page a little later. Okay. I haven't even said that. So I'm going to actually put it up there 
I just haven't had a chance to go through all the pictures and videos and stuff today because I'm exhausted. It's been a long trip, long day. Yes, of course it is. So how is Pratt doing? Is he doing good? He's doing wonderful. He and I are also speakers in February in Alabama at the Bama Carey organization. He and I were discussing how, you know, he's with Gun Owners of America, and I knew his dad. Today's the first time I've actually met Eric Pratt in person, but Larry Pratt was the he face was a of starter. Gun of America. He was. And so when I met Eric today, I was, uh, I was, he was, of course, he's a, an impressive man, but he's so much more refined and carefully spoken. And I told him, I said, you know, your dad, he was, uh, these are very different. He said, yeah, my dad was a bomb thrower. <laughs> yeah, he was great. <laughs> he was. He said he would throw stuff out there. And I said, yeah, he was. But, okay, here's, here's my big take on everything, though, today. Dave. Okay. I was talking to some people from Virginia. I interviewed some people last night, as a matter of fact. And one of the things I got from him was this. He said, you know, Jan, as, as bad as this is, as horrible as it's been for us here in Virginia this past couple of months, and as bad as it is right now, and, and even in spite of what we're about to have to go through on losing our rights, he said, this has been good for Virginia. And I said, how do you figure that? And he says, it has woken up the people. It has awakened the sleeping giant. He said, people got caught with their pants down. He said, that will never happen again. Yeah, here's, he here's said, what I think. That. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. This could be a start of a movement just as Santilli was for CNBC for the for the Tea Party. I I agree completely. In fact, one of the things I, I discussed with Eric Pratt was that very very issue. I said I think that this is going to sweep across America, and he said it already is. You know, just like we talked about the sanctuary, the two A sanctuary cities and counties that have overcome Virginia. I think ninety six out of their hundred something counties are now gun sanctuary counties, we're already seeing that happen across America and other places. It's like, don't Arkansas, you know, don't Virginia my Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> that needs to be a bumper sticker. So we, and there are some counties in Arkansas right now that are working on their own legislation, yes, they their are. own county ordinances to become Second Amendment sanctuaries. So, you know, I love that. That's good. Whatever it takes. But it was also exciting to see that many people, and I haven't seen the numbers yet, the, the estimates. I don't know if you have. No. Of how many people were actually there today. But it was a very disappointing day for the news media that was looking for all hell to break loose and for people to start shooting each other. And for these people, all these people carrying their AR-15s and their guns to have accidents and negligent discharges. None of that happened. None of that happened. You didn't so, see any Antifa? So it, blew a whole, it blew a whole year. No, I didn't see any. I mean, they were like, who? Antifa who? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I say, the fact that there were so gun owners, you know, walking around with their ARs and their, their, their firearms, it was like, you know, this is probably not a place for us to start crap. Yeah, I and would they, agree with that. <laughs> I guess what I'm curious about, I saw um, a lot of folks early, early this morning on Twitter saying, you know, we don't intend to go into the uh, roped off area where we're going to be unarmed. We're going to stay outside right. that area. What was the crowd like inside versus outside? Oh, it was a lot larger outside. It was, it was <laughs> full inside. It was full inside. They they allowed only so many people in, and they and they hit that limit very quickly. Yeah, I can tell you that I was ill at ease until I got up on the stage to speak. I mean, until I jumped up on the side of the wall, and at that point, you know, I just didn't care anymore. I just I, I came to to say my piece and I said it. 
but it was a it was it was not a good feeling being in what they referred to as the cage. I don't like to go anywhere unarmed ever. Yeah. And I, I have vowed I would not do that. And I, I honestly can tell you that as late as last night, I was thinking, I, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go in there because there, there were all kinds of wild stories out there. Oh, yeah. Even coming from people in law enforcement about what was going to happen and that they had they had brought in a, a mass casualty team and a hazmat team. And, I mean, the things they were saying that might happen or had been rumored to happen and well, you almost a- fall in, fall into the hype you know, and fear can overcome you on those things. You're like, golly, I really don't, I'm not ready to die yet. There are things I want to do. <laughs> yeah. It was a fact that they had only one entrance into that area, though. Three exits. Yes, it was only, Choke point. That's right. You're exactly a little right. little spooky. But here's the thing. The, the, the night before this event, I spoke to uh, at a meeting of an alliance of militias. Uh, Dan Watson and I were speakers at their event. And I went you know, wondering what are they going to be talking about at their meeting? Are, are they planning any kind of insurrection or anything? And, of course, they were not. No. Uh, they were they were simply there to stand for the Second Amendment. But they were also there. One of, you know, a, a, one particular militia had decided they were going to protect me. Their job was to make sure that, that I got into the event safely because you couldn't park anywhere near it. I mean, you had to park. They, they actually blocked off streets. I've never seen... A situation like that before, other than the uh, Republican National Convention and the inauguration, you know, where there were so many people in one place that blocked off streets all around the Capitol. So you couldn't park anywhere near it. You had to walk or you could park out at certain places and they would shuttle you in. Right. But they had a group of guys that were ready to extract me at any time. And they also told all of us, the speakers, the police did, they said, look, if we if you're speaking and we tap you on the shoulder, don't ask questions. That means we need to we need to get you out of here now. Just turn, put down the microphone and come with us immediately. There will be time for explanations. I mean, how would you like to be told that at the last second before you go on? You, you commented that it was like the Restoring America rally. And I believe it was Glenn Beck who said that was the day that they came to him and said, you need to wear this bulletproof yeah, that vest was, and he that said man DC, yeah. when you put that on and you realize what you're doing it's a very sobering position to be in i was there broadcasting was. I, that day right i brought a bulletproof vest i was there as well i was there for glenn beck's rally and i can yep. tell you that the feeling that i had that day was like the feeling i had today it was just this 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 swelling of your heart of patriotism and and love for this country and for the rights that we're born with here and getting a chance to participate in something of that magnitude and, and seeing that many people that care enough, that care enough to drive or to fly and to be out there today when it was, what, 17 degrees when I got up this morning. Ooh. Yes. All these people <laughs> turn out and, you know, some people spent a lot of money to get here out of their own pockets. Uh, it was a sacrifice and it was a, a showing. And I think that the governor of Virginia and the legislature today they're not going to change anything as a result of what these people did today. But I think that the people of Virginia and the people of America sent a very strong message that they're not going to let this go and that they will be back. And you better enjoy your time in office because it's going to be short-lived. I got you. Jan, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, Stay be ca- safe. Be careful getting back, okay? Yes, sir. I'll be, I'll be back sometime tomorrow afternoon. All right. We'll see you then. Thanks okay. so much. Jan Morgan, that's live from Richmond, Virginia. And uh, we try to do that. We got another uh, American calling us. Matt Hurt's going to call us.
coming up at uh, 335. We'll get his uh, feelings about what happened today. But I'm telling you, this reminds me of Santilli when he was on the floor of the stock exchange on CNBC and just went off, just went off on uh, taxes and stuff. And uh, the Tea Party was born. Now, I'm not saying that we need to start any new organizations. The organizations are out there now uh, supporting the Second Amendment. I think what you need to do is find them, like the 746 people here in Arkansas and whatever, and be part of this and then show up at the Capitol uh, when the legislature gets back together again and saying, we want to stand your ground, we want you to get off of this open carry stuff. If you're a law enforcement, leave us alone and believe what the Constitution of the United States says. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.